This is the International Education Marketing Podcast, a roundup of news stories and how they might impact marketing and recruiting for the international education sector. Welcome to the International Education Marketing Podcast. I'm your moderator, Daniel Chatham, and our contributors today are Allison Roden and Lauren Gress. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Allison, why don't you start us off? Uh, with the item you wanted to share and talk about today. Sure. Thank you so much, Daniel. So the article that I chose was from the Pi News, and it was about the housing crisis in Ireland and how it's impacted international students. So it cited research from the Irish Council for International Students, and the research found that over of over 800 respondents from all over the world, Many of these English language students, 13% said that they had been victims of accommodation scams, and even 5% have been offered a room in exchange for sex. So it's not surprising that over half of these respondents shared that their mental health suffered as a result of their accommodations, and that just as many have been unsatisfied with their accommodation overall. So in response, the Irish government uh, proposed a bill to make seeking sex for rent and offense, um, and it's also working to further develop affordable student housing. But the Irish Council for International Students has also recommended other things that should be done to improve the situation. And I think this is really important because housing crisis in the nature of online room listings has made these accommodation scams more and more prevalent, not just in Ireland, but also in the U.S. and all over the world. And so we need to be really careful as international educators that to make sure that safety, you know, safety is our number one priority. And international students in particular are very vulnerable because they're oftentimes seeking housing while not in the country. And they also might not have the language skills to navigate or negotiate those really tricky situations. So it's something that we as educators can sometimes neg- uh, neglect, especially in terms of marketing and recruiting. But when it comes to higher education and especially study abroad, housing is really important. Yeah, you're right about that. There, are, I, I hope that when we uh, talk about this on the other side, we'll also talk about about the food part of accommodation, because that can also be a serious adjustment for international students. And while it's not loaded with the risks that you've highlighted, I think it's it's a broader health and welfare conversation. So yeah, I hope to unpack that some on the other side. Lauren, how about you? Hey, my article also dealt with safety, also from Pi News. The article is, In Mexico, safety concerns are driving young people to study abroad. So actually, safety has been concerned in Mexico for a, quite a while, but recently there have been record highs of homicides and safety has been decreasing. On the flip side of this, the strength of the peso has actually been increasing and has been quite strong recently, making going abroad to get a degree much more feasible for the middle class in Mexico. So more Mexican students, especially middle class students, are studying abroad, especially with the aim of living and working in the country after they graduate looking for a safer future for them and more job opportunities than that they usually would have in Mexico. So it also went on to list kind of things that are attracting Mexican students to going abroad. 
A big one is affordability of programs is a big pull factor for these students, as well as places that have more relaxed part-time job opportunities so they can help fund their degree, as well as opportunities for future employment after graduating, making sure there's a good, strong employment market. They also are concerned about the welcoming reputation of countries. Definitely with the U.S., there has kind of been a decrease in the welcoming attitude due to anti-immigrant and anti-Mexican rhetoric from, you know, our previous administration and various um, immigration policies and stronger enforcement of these policies are actually creating a decrease of Mexican students in the U.S., whereas other countries such as Canada is actually looking to soon surpass the U.S. with the number of Mexican students at their schools. And actually, Mexico, Canada and the UK are now actively trying to recruit from Mexico specifically. Thank you both for those uh, recaps and your initial thoughts. Let's let's try to process this a little bit. Safety is obviously a motivating factor for students in their in their choice of places to go for various kinds of programs. How much do you think safety is changing as a critical decision factor. These articles probably didn't address how different it was years ago, but do you get a sense that they're highlighting this because it's somehow new or different? I can speak to that. I think that as these safety issues are becoming more prevalent, especially in countries that are seen as by and large safe compared to many of the other countries that have traditionally been seen as not us not having as good safety safety that it's really damaging the reputation of those countries and whether or not students are studying abroad there and as students are having negative experiences with those countries that that's also reflected on future um, potential students so i think the classic narrative of you know the west is safe and <laughs> you can go to the global north and you'll be safe is not necessarily holding um, these days. So I think there's been sort of a mindset shift of where to go is not necessarily going to be these countries that are traditionally high value countries in terms of international education are going to be the safest. Yeah, uh, I can also speak a bit on that. I do think there are some changing places and concerns of, as Allison said, some places are coming seen as not as safe and others are seen as coming safer. I also think that as the situation of Mexico, safety has always somewhat been a concern, but now there's a rising middle class that can afford to go abroad. Whereas before they didn't really have that opportunity. So that could be for a lot of these countries that are facing safety concerns. If there is a growing middle class, there will be a higher percentage of students who can go abroad now due to that. And because of these safety concerns, now have the ability to not only get a degree, but trying to find a pathway into these countries to live and work in a safer environment. I also know, at least from what I've heard here and from other international people, growing concerns about safety, where I know multiple people who will ask me about, oh, is the U.S. safe? Or I'm a little scared to go to the U.S. because of what they've heard in the news. And although they're not seeking degrees, they're just seeking to travel which is a much shorter time span. So I think this could be a concern, at least for in the context of the U.S., of decreasing perceptions of safety. Let's think about it for a minute through the lens of 
say the marketer or the enrollment manager who's responsible for for programs if they're a study away host or they're a study away organization or they're a us based university with degree programs whoever it is that's responsible for bringing in international students how might they address the issues of housing safety and a broader issue of concerns about safety well i think the most important thing is to have transparency especially recruiters marketers being transparent about whether or not housing is included whether if not whether they'll assist receive assistance for finding housing if they'll be staying with a host family what is the vetting process for those families and if they'll be staying with roommates you know how many roommates will they be staying with is it mixed gender all those things are things that students will be concerned about and so being transparent about that i think will help go a long way to making the student just feel more secure in the recruiting process i think also it's something that students want like as much as we as international educators are primarily concerned with student safety i think that as lauren talked about students are also primarily concerned with safety and so just being very clear that this program is something that is that they'll get lots of support that there's even if they're going to be in a country that is not quote unquote safe that they'll have the program to help them and that they'll have a lot of security measures and safety measures in place to make sure that they have a really good experience even if you know they have concerns just doing as much as possible to assuage those concerns i think is really going to help a long way for that it could possibly go as far as arranging housing for students and and doing safety walkthroughs and evaluations of private flats that might be available that seems to be kind of extreme from an administrative standpoint but if that's a big enough point of concern the schools will find a way to really be proactive about this and to try to mitigate it. I once worked at a very large public university in a very large urban setting and there was a a very exclusive private school on the other side of town. One of the schools had a reputation for being a dangerous place that was the public school and yet the crime statistics were exactly the same for both schools. and it was very hard for the public school to shake that reputation even though the statistics were exactly the same so sometimes the perception is really influential in helping people or guiding people to make choices even when that's not founded or the the reality is different so it's important that there be safe conditions for students and it's important that you communicate it that you find a way as a marketer to tell the story to say these are all the things that we're doing to help keep you safe it's also a delicate situation because if you go deep into telling the story of what the school's doing to help keep students safe it reinforces the fact that there's a reason to be worried so it is a double edged sword i will say though that i think there's an opportunity for schools and programs to market their housing as really fun and inviting places as well i think you know it's 
the place that students are sp spending the majority of their time. And so if you have really great student housing, play that up, make sure you're marketing that because I think that's something students like to see. They like to see if the housing is in homey, if it's interesting, if there's have lots of room in their dorms, if there's good security, all, all those things that make campus life fun and exciting, I think is really good opportunity to, to highlight that. But also, as you know, sort of solidified, solidifying the safety element. Yeah, I think highlighting the fun aspects, not only of dorms, but also like host families, whereas that is a different kind of situation. And there could be more opportunities for these families to kind of abuse the system. So proper vetting and displaying and uh, exemplifying the processes you go through for students and their families on the vetting process of these host families, host parents, and communicating, what will the families do for you? How will we help you? If something happens, here's our processes and being very, as you said, transparent with it and exemplifying the systems they have in place, but not so much, as Daniel said, that it would frighten the students. But I think especially for parents, that would be a big concern, safety and vetting and dorms, like what systems are in place? Are there automatic doors? How do you get in? Is there a curfew? Things like that that are important. Also for just living there, you need to know if there's a curfew, maybe that will influence your decision on what apartment or what dorm you want more freedom. If your family maybe wants you to have a little bit less freedom, kind of showing all those options and making sure you have options for these people who are more maybe more safety conscious and making sure your the school puts in the work to ensure that they are actually safe and vetted uh, options for their students. Those are good points, Lauren. It wasn't explicitly part of your articles, but anytime we think about how a student lives, food is an element that that may be overlooked. I bring this up because of a critical instant incident once at a, another university that I worked at, where we had an international student who had very difficult time adapting to the food options that he found available in his community after coming to the United States for, for a graduate degree. It was significant uh, problem for him. Uh, he was unable to find anything that he liked. And as a result, he didn't eat enough and ended up being sick right right away at the beginning of class. It only took uh, a week or so before he was really starting to, to become unhealthy. Our director of admissions, after hearing about this and learning about it, she literally picked him up and and took him shopping and drove him around to find all the places where he could get food and to find markets where he could shop and, and get food that he was comfortable with and, and that worked with his system. But I wanted to bring that up because when we think about accommodation, it is the combination of both of those things. And Lauren, you just mentioned homestays and host families. The food part of that in short-term study away programs I can imagine that this would be a more acute situation. So I'm wondering what you think about food and lifestyle beyond the physical safety side of things. I think it's a really big issue, actually. And I know quite a few people who have had um, problems studying abroad because they had dietary restrictions. Either they were vegan, vegetarian, or had some sort of allergy and had trouble navigating that. 
But then also just the sheer expense of food is a really big problem, I think, uh, especially here in the U.S. We had a student who was potentially going to lose part of their scholarship and was complaining that like they wouldn't be able to afford food, that they would have to eat only ramen packets. And at the time, I think my response was, oh, you know, join the club. Like all of the co- college students, you know, complain about only eating ramen. And I certainly have spent my fair share of time in college going to student pantries and trying to find food at discount, you know, as much as possible. But it took me a minute to just sit back and be like, wait, no, that's actually a problem. That's something that shouldn't be a problem, that students should be secure in terms of their food and should be able to be well fed and and get the necessary nutrients that they need in order to be able to study and live their life. So yeah, that's a really, a really big issue, both in terms of the type of food that people are able to access if, you know, they're where they're living happens to be in a food desert, or if they happen to be, have some sort of dietary restriction that uh, their community doesn't cater to, that's a really big problem. But then also in terms of expense, food is getting a lot more expensive these days. Yeah, to expand on that, as you said, like in food deserts, I think even on just normal college campuses, I know on my campus, not everyone could bring their cars and you were kind of reliant on the bus system to go to a grocery store. So I think for a lot of college campuses that are not very close to a town, I know on my campus, the food was very expensive if you did the little local like convenience store, which was not in anyone's budget. So we tried to make an effort to go to the grocery store. However, it was very difficult. And I actually had study abroad friends from Japan and they wanted to eat Japanese food. The Asian store was maybe 40 minutes away by car and not on a bus line. So these foods and home comfort foods are just in general, very difficult to get without a car, without knowledge about where they are. And also taking buses, there's another safety issue with that. You don't know who's going to be you riding on the bus for an hour. Maybe you missed the bus. They're not always so reliable. Maybe someone offers you a ride. There's any number of issues can uh, happen out on like public transportation, waiting for transportation, walking around town just leads to more issues. Carrying tons of groceries is kind of a hassle for students. So I think there is a lot of issues surrounding food and logistics on how to get to the food. Yeah, yeah, true. So true. Well, I'd like to, to wrap things up, but one of the the takeaways that I'm drawing from this conversation, which has been interesting and an, a, a refreshing take on a distressing subject. But one of the takeaways that I've drawn here is the potential need for enrollment managers, marketers, folks that are bringing students into their program to actively explore the safety issues that students really face in their communities and to both be proactive about arranging safe and secure spaces or addressing the safety needs of students through better education and better support and better services, and also to be effective at communicating those things to the students themselves so that they know where to go, how to get there, how to use the bus system or what not to do in a given city, and also to communicate that out to the prospective program participants of the future, partly as a defense against developing an unwarranted an unwarranted reputation, and also to let people know what you're really doing. 
that that idea of transparency, I think, is worth keeping in mind on both sides. Yes, we have things happen around us in this part of town. And yes, these are the things that we're doing. And these are the ways that we keep our students safe. Anyway, thank you both for bringing up these these interesting articles about safety. And I think it's fascinating that in one, safety is a motivating factor for students to go abroad. And in the other, safety is a concern for students who, who've already gone abroad and are facing localized security issues of their own. So I appreciate you sharing. Thank you so much, Daniel. Thank you so much.